inner circle of listeners of BungaCast. This is the BungaCast Reading Club 2023, and we're on to Section 3. We've now blasted through Sections 1 and 2 in the first parts of the year, um, and now we're turning to Section 3, which we'll deal with, um, as Phil will explain briefly, um, or in, in short order, uh, Adam Smith in Beijing, Lineages of the 21st Century by Giovanni Arrighi. Um, just quickly, um, I hope you found uh, useful the stuff we've done up till now. We've kind of done pretty different themes. So uh, unlike last year, we this year we decided to just do three bigger books, um, or at least three denser books. Uh, you'll have noted that it's section two on legitimation crisis by Jürgen Habermas is slim, but dense. Um, I personally, though, have found it super useful because even if questions relating to, for example, working time and taking control of your time and how um, the politics of time are actually really central. An issue which uh, Martin Hagland br- brings up in his book, uh, This Life, which we discussed at the start of the year. Um, at the time, I found it you know, obviously super interesting, but now I'm finding it like I'm co- constantly returning to it and drawing on it for something that I'm writing. Um, and hopefully you, listener, um, whether you're writing something or not, or you're just thinking about politics or encountering um, these issues in your political struggles or whatever else you might be doing, um, that you might end up drawing um back on, on things that uh, we discussed in the reading club. Uh, certainly I have. So I, I found it super useful. Also questions of legitimation, which have emerged over the course of the year politically following current affairs. Suddenly I'm like, oh, actually, but that's really useful because now I have that Habermas under my belt and I can actually deploy that in a, in a useful way. So um, anyway, I found it useful. I hope you are as well. Um, tell your friends they'd like to follow along. Um, we're doing this episode and then three more um, as part of this year. Technically, we'll probably finish at the in the beginning of next year, um, but um, finishing up on this big theme of globalization and the rise of China with also a bunch of stuff about Adam Smith and Karl Marx and some other guys thrown in as well. Um, so uh, that's what we're going to be doing now, and I'll hand over to Phil. Thank you, Alex. And yeah, indeed, welcome to... Um the final part of um, the reading club for the year. And I just wanted, before we kind of get stuck into some of the topics I wanted to talk about, I wanted to begin just by talking a bit about the um, the rationale for choosing this particular book. Because, um, I mean, obviously there are many kind of particular books um, that we could have talked about. Um, and perhaps it's fortuitous in some sense, given the way global politics is going at the moment, but more on that. Um, shortly. So the reasons, I mean, the reasons to choose this. So Arigi published this book in 2007. Um, and so, you know, that's uh, pre, that's prior to the um, the global financial crash of 2008. It's just, it's not, I mean, at this point already, China's kind of um, understood to be the emerging engine of the global economy. And that would have been, that was, you know, vindicated in the aftermath of the global financial crash um, in 2008. So the rationale for going back to the book was to, or going to this book, was to give us the opportunity from the vantage point of the early 2020s to retrospectively evaluate a, a book that was prospective, that was looking forward. 
And I mean, it's not a book kind of that is um, all about predictions, but rather about looking at the model for um, the world historic change that is occurs with China's expansion and China's return to or China's economic and industrial growth over this period. So as it turns out, perhaps, you know, it was more... Um, the choice of this book was kind of fortuitous to some degree, given the fact that this, perhaps the overarching theme of this year, um, seems to be the kind of the uh, the demise of unipolarity, I suppose, to, um, to put it as bluntly or succinctly as possible. So at the time that we're recording, I mean, not only is the kind of Ukraine war is kind of still grinding on, but also the eruption of the conflict um, in Gaza between Israel and Hamas, um, and the fact that America is divert diverting um, resources that were destined for the Ukrainian war machine are being re-diverted to support Israel in its forthcoming ground assault on, on the Gaza Strip. And everyone is thinking about the, um, you know, how far the kind of the decaying rim of the American empire is going to be able, how far the Americans can continue to kind of prop it up, or if they're going to be overstretched by having to support Ukraine in its, you know, as part of a NATO proxy war against Russia, but also now having to support one of their closest allies in the Middle East against um, what is in all likelihood to be a um, horribly bloody, drawn out um, and generally kind of grinding and miserable um, experience of uh, the attack of the forthcoming um, ground invasion of Gaza. So I guess the question hanging in the background of, um, of some observers' minds, and this includes um, uh, a recent guest we had on, Alex Gorovich, he tweeted about this, but, and, you know, there are other people who are thinking about it or who've mentioned it or, you know, kind of, of uh, it's been circling around, is whether or not... Um, the Chinese Communist Party will take the advantage of the situation in order to try and seize Taiwan and to reunify um, the kind of entirety of um, China. Um, Taiwan being, um, you know, kind of seen as a breakaway, a breakaway province by Beijing. Um, on the other hand, Taiwan's still calling itself the Republic of China and therefore still nominally, formally claiming the territory of the entire Chinese mainland as well. So, the point being, um, looking, thinking through Arigi's model of China's rise and the implications of that model and what alternatives to the model might be and the strengths and weaknesses of that model, what he devised back in the early, at the start of the, 20th, of the 21st century, is it seems it's an excellent moment to reassess, um, to see you know, how far yeah. his, uh, his model holds up. Yeah. So... Um, that's the rationale for kind of choosing the book. I wanted to um, just briefly explain the title of the book because I think it's um, it helps to set up and to frame the discussion. So Adam Smith, I mean, obviously kind of he's, um, you know, kind of the name alone, he's associated as the founding father of modern political economy, of the founding father of modern economics. Um, he's understood to be one of the premier, if not perhaps still the perhaps the premier analyst of capitalism. And so to speak of Adam Smith in Beijing is to talk of, uh, you know, to provide an account of the meaning of capitalist development per se. 
as it turns out, and as you know, as readers um, will know, Adam. It's also China figures in Adam Smith's own theory in important ways, and Arigi talks about this in the opening three chapters that we're going to discuss. So. Arigi talks about how China kind of figured as a particular vision, or I should say um, imperial China. Obviously, this is China before the century of humiliation in the 19th century. This is the China of the late 18th century that Adam Smith is talking about as a particular vision of a kind of stagnant, mature economy. Um, And so it's Adam Smith in Beijing is also thinking about um, how imperial China, kind of this um, mature economy of the pre-industrial, pre-capitalist world kind of breaks down and is restructured through that process. And then finally... um, It's also a riff on um, uh, Karl Marx in Detroit by Mario Tronti as well. So you might have actually been coming to say that. So I was, I was going to mention it. No, not at all. But I mean, I was going to mention it, but yeah. So it's also a riff on a book, which was very influential for, um, for Arigi in thinking about the development of post-war Marxism and how much, according by his own account, um, post-war Marxism kind of, at least until, um, the seventies, it had drifted far away from, from its roots in, um, understanding the development of classical political economy, of industrialization, of capitalism. And so I think this, in a way, is Arigi um, settling accounts. I mean, perhaps it's too much to say settling accounts with the left or with himself, but it's certainly kind of um, a rejoinder, I think, to the way in which he frames or presents the book. is partly a correction or a rejoinder to the way in which Marxism had drifted. And then, but in this way, combining the two, kind of synthesizing the two streams. So the third world kind of Marxism of the post-war period that was formative for people like Origi, for the new left, was focused on the um, the anti-colonial revolt and the upheaval in the third world. Um, and the classical Marxism of the 19th and early 20th century was the Marxism, the critique of capitalist development. And so he's fusing them together. Um, and like George says, Mario Tronti's uh, Marx in Detroit was an influential read for Arigi in drawing attention to, um, I suppose, the limits of third world, of the third world Marxism that emerged in the Cold War. Well, hello, listener. I hope you like what you're hearing. It's a short excerpt from an episode that's available only to subscribers. Want to support BungaCast and get at least two original episodes a month? Sign up at patreon.com slash BungaCast right now. $5 a month patrons get access to exclusive episodes like our in-depth analyses of present history. You know, the big stuff that's happening right now. As well as chats with our regular guests, extended interviews with the key thinkers trying to understand our world today, and much more. For $10 a month, you join the BungoCast Reading Club, the place for those of us who are serious about equipping ourselves with the necessary intellectual tools for understanding the world and seeking to change it. Phil, George, and myself, Alex, look forward to seeing you there. Patreon.com slash BungoCast. 